Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Let me grab. I'm wandering around looking for another microphone. You got me? Thank you so much. Yeah, just for Crystal. Um, yeah, we're so glad to be able to share today's message. And uh, as we were praying about uh, what to share, the Lord kind of directed us in a bunch of places, and we landed actually on in Luke 1. And so I'm going to be reading with Crystal in just a moment a little bit about sort of an Advent reflection season of uh, just Jesus being foretold that he's coming as a child, and specifically looking at the reactions uh, with Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Mary. Um, so we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 4. So if you have a Bible, you can open it, or if you'd like to follow along on the screen, you can do that as well. And I just love to pray before we begin. God, thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, it's just been a joy uh, celebrating uh, with uh, the brass ensemble, uh, singers, uh, musicians. Uh, God, we just want to praise you, Jesus, and what a joy it's been so far. And God, I pray uh, as we're just sharing your word today that you would be glorified, uh, you would be edified. Uh, God, we would be encouraged and challenged to just draw closer to Jesus, God, together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is uh, Luke 1, starting in verse 4. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my, my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and will not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was, to, who, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. When she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, and this is really cool, just pay attention to this. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greetings reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Isn't that awesome? God, I'm just like, wow. I was thinking about, we have a lot of things in our service today. And uh, when we're doing our pre-prep planning, I think Aaron was saying, let's be concise today, everybody, right? I think it was like said five times. I'm like, who's talking the most? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know what they're saying. I have a mic. But I was thinking I could shortchange reading scripture and talk more, or I felt like the Lord's like, do more scripture and talk less. So that's the route I'm going to go. So I just have a couple quick comments on this, and then uh, Crystal, you have some things to share as well. Um, but this story is just amazing. As we're leading into Advent, uh, we're in the Advent season, but leading up to Christmas Eve, Ram and Jesus um, miraculous birth coming as a form of a child. It's just amazing to see just God's miraculous divine work all throughout the story. Amen? Like it doesn't, the story does not work without miracles being involved. It just doesn't. There's no way you can just be like, well, the messenger came. She got like, a, you know, an old school version of an email and then she kind of believed. Like there's a divine angel showing up, right? To multiple people. Uh, miracles happening, and I want to just look at that just a little bit on the response of several people in this storyline and how they responded to God's message. And so if I had to title this part of the message, I would say, Believing in God Who Can Do the Impossible. So the first part, as Crystal and I were reading, was God sent Gabriel, an angel, to Zechariah with news of a miracle. Now, as we look in the context, Zachariah had been praying that him and his wife, Elizabeth, could have a baby, and they have not had a baby. And you might be in that place, or maybe you know people in that struggle and the pain that goes along with that. It's just, there's just no hope for them in this situation. 
The only thing that could happen is a miracle, something that is physically impossible, but possible with God. Amen? And so that's what they're waiting on, a miracle. But it's interesting, though, because Zechariah, he's a man of faith. I'm not going to be too hard on him. Uh, But he's praying for something. God answers by sending an angel, Gabriel, to him. And as the the interaction is going down, it becomes clear that Zechariah does not believe the message from God sent through the angel. Do we see that, right? (laughs) It's like you've been praying for this uh, to the God that does miracles. uh, And now that a miracle is going to happen, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to be able to have a child. You're going to have a son. But somewhere in that interaction, Zechariah was just like, his heart was like, I I don't believe this. So the angel says, you're going to be mute. Uh, You're going to be silent until the time of your son's birth, Uh, which is crazy because it's just like he's praying for this. He's wanting a miracle. The miracle happens. But you get to see the humanity of Zechariah right there where it's just kind of like he's struggling with that. You do notice, though, that Elizabeth is still talking. Anybody see that? I just want to say, you know. And by the way, when she's talking about her scorn and shame being taken away, it's not about her husband being silent. I know that could be answered prayer. It was about the baby, okay? Crystal's like, man, we see that, Lord? You just, you could just quiet, quiet my husband. Like, just miracles happen. Red Sea, miracles happen, you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. So what happens when you preach with your wife. I'm like, oh, confession. But you get to see that God does a miracle. Here's a quick little tidbit about how good our God is. Zachariah did not believe in that moment that that miracle was going to happen. You know how good God is? The miracle still happened. Is that not amazing? Aren't you thankful that God's miracles working in our life don't rely on our faithfulness in response to his message? This story could have gone, the angel came, and Zachariah's like, "Eh, I don't really believe. He's like, okay, with no belief, no child. I'll go to someone else, right? That could have happened, but we have a God who's gracious and a God who's merciful. And so you get to see that they have a child, and it's going to name this child John. He's going to be the one that's paving the way for Jesus coming. But the idea that this is, this is huge. Like if we talk about like major miracles and like being available, this is really big stuff. Um, being able to see God just do a miracle with uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now we have Mary. But we get to see that as we look through scripture, God is not looking for the most uh, oftentimes well put together person. The person has all the right money, all the right bank accounts, says the right thing, has the right kind of health, knows how to talk, has the right kind of look. Do you ever notice in scripture that God's looking for people that are available? right? People that would bend their knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Prince of Peace and be like, not my will, but your will be done. And we see Mary being a really awesome example of that. Of just being like, Lord, I just want to be available to be used for you. Now, this is a pretty big example. I'm going to get a couple other big examples, but I believe that the Lord is inviting us, for those who are following after Christ, I know some of you, you're here and you're like, I don't know where you're on your faith journey, but I'm really glad you're here. Uh, but whether it's a small thing or a big thing, to say yes to Jesus, even when sometimes, when oftentimes, it doesn't make sense. Because even in the scripture, it shows that what would be impossible for humans is possible with God. A couple of examples from the Old Testament. You get Noah, who's invited to build a large boat, an ark, when he hasn't seen rain or water at any level, and he did it for a whole bunch of years. You know what, God? I'm just going to say yes to you, right? I'm just going to say yes to you. I might get mocked by everybody else. We're going to say yes to you. Abraham, he leaves all his family, his possessions, everything he has, everything he knows to follow God who he does know into a place he doesn't know. Are you with me? He's just, I'm just going to say yes to Jesus. In this case, the Old Testament, yes to God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Moses. When he was at the Red Sea 
and they're about to get crushed by the uh, Egyptian army coming after them. He's with the Israelites, and they're right by the sea. It's literally just going to be a massacre by the water. But God tells Moses this. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward into the sea. <laughs> Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Can we just admit that God can do things that just are not possible on our own? We serve a God of miracles. And he's looking for people, men and women, who would want to say yes to small things and big things, not for our glory, but for his glory. So I want to now shift it over to Crystal. You have some things you wanted to share about that availability to saying yes to Jesus. Yeah, so... Um Last week, we went to Rochester. It was Thanksgiving. And um, my family um, was hosting, my parents are um, sponsoring, or they've adopted this beautiful refugee family that have come all the way from Afghanistan. And they're just an amazing family. And so we got to share Thanksgiving with them. And um, if you know me, you know that I love internationals and I have a heart for the nations. And that's something that I feel like God's calling me to. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's just something I feel like God's calling me to. So, you know, I'm in just in my glory, just spending precious time with this beautiful family. But I'm watching my sister, my big sister, Holly. And she is just, she's just an amazing person. You know, she, when she walks into the room, it's like, oh yeah, the party begins. You know, she's just got this glow. She's very bubbly. She's very witty, good on her feet. She's very funny. And I'm just watching her and I'm like, wow, she is amazing. You know? And at that point I went upstairs just to be by myself for a minute. And it, I hope you see my heart. It wasn't out of like a jealous nature or like a competitive nature, but more out of like admiration for my sister. I'm like, God, what do I have to offer? Because I'm looking at her and I'm looking at myself. I'm not that good on my feet. I'm kind of awkward. Um, I'm a little weird. Um, I mean, I, and, I'm, and I'm not that like funny on my feet. And I'm just like, so I feel called to minister to internationals, go to the nations. Why don't you just send her, actually? <laughs> I'm just going to sit down in the back, you know? You ever felt like that before in general? And I just kept asking God, what, but I see what she has to offer, but what can I offer you, God? What do I have to offer? And you know what? He answered me. And he said, a willing heart. You have a willing heart. That's what you have to offer me. And everything else that you lack, everything else that you don't have, I will give you. I'll give you everything else you need to do whatever I'm calling you to do. And I just felt, I cannot explain the relief I felt because I was feeling it so hard how little I had to offer. And God said, that's okay. I can work with that. <laughs> just say yes. Just say yes. That's all I need you to do. And, you know, on a side note, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about two different things, doing things that are comfortable for us, that are in kind of our comfort zone, we're naturally good at, we're confident in, and then doing things that are completely impossible unless God steps in. And I was thinking about it. 
when we do what's comfortable, stuff that we're good at, stuff that we're confident in, in the end of the day, who gets the glory for that? Who? You do. Yeah, I'm awesome. I know, right? Yeah, I'm good at this. I've always been good at this. And then what happens when we get the glory? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, really. I mean, maybe a temporary moment of praise, but it's kind of fleeting, right? Then when we do something that's completely impossible, unless God steps in, something completely out of our comfort zone, something where people are like, how the heck does she do that? Walking on water, like Peter walking on water. I mean, if he swam to Jesus, it would be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's a fisherman. He's comfortable with water, whatever. But when he walked on water, who got the credit for that? God did. Who got the glory? God did. And what happens when God gets the glory? Everything, all the things, all the things. People get saved. We see the supernatural, right? And, um, and so I'm just thinking, hmm, interesting. Being out of our comfort zone, that's a good thing. It's not an easy thing, but it's a good thing. So anyways, back to the story. God is telling me, all I need from you is a heart that's willing to say yes, to just say yes. There is no greater joy than saying yes to Jesus. I'm not saying that it's easy, it's comfortable, it's not popular. And I'm thinking about Matthew 7 where it says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate that leads to destruction. There are many who go and buy it, but narrow is the gate, difficult the way that leads to life. It didn't say comfortable or easy, difficult the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. There are few who find it. There are so many reasons why we can say nope to God. And I have done that many, many times. And when I have said no to God, I've really missed out. Yeah, I was comfortable, but I really missed out. I missed out on the life that he's purposing me to live in that moment. I'm missing out on the purpose of God. I'm missing out on the joy and the purpose and the excitement of being a part of something bigger than my little kingdom. Do you know what I mean by that? When we invest all in our life, our own little kingdom, but there's such a joy in being a part of something bigger than just us being a part of God's kingdom. There is a purpose and living for God's kingdom that just cannot compare to building up our little kingdom on earth. When you say yes to God, you get to experience the glory of God. You get to witness his power, his miracles, his salvation, and his ability to be in complete control. Sometimes I see God, I love chess. Does anyone like chess? Yeah, I love chess. And only three people, really? Okay, that's, okay, okay, I see you. Um, and sometimes I see God and I see this like big chess board and I just picture him like with all the pieces like, you know what I mean? Like he's just so in control. And, and I think a lot of times, no, I am. <laughs> and God's like, no, I am. And it's really amazing. You know, you, have you ever had a moment where you're, something amazing happens, like God does something incredible. And you're like, if I hadn't lost my shoe and like been late and then dropped my phone, and then if I hadn't gotten the car and then I was like stopped in traffic, then I would have never met this person. And then I would have never had this amazing conversation. And then this one have happened. And you realize, Wow, God, you did that. 
You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's a, and it's a relief because I don't know what I'm doing. When, when we say no to God, we miss out on his peace, his joy, his life. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's so exciting to say yes to God. And you might be thinking, yeah, I love God and I want to say yes to God. But I don't even know what God's yes is for me. What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And when I say saying yes to God, it can be in the daily things, the little yeses, and then the big things too. But sometimes it's like, what is God even asking me to do? I don't know. Yeah, I totally get that. Because I think as Americans, we are very, very busy. Busy. There is so much to do. We're going like a mile a minute. Does anyone feel that way? Oh my gosh, there's legitimate so much stuff to do. It's so overwhelming. On top of that, we live in a fallen world. So there's legitimate pain, suffering, loss, fear, anxiety, sickness, crisis. You throw the just being busy in general, having a lot to do, and then the fact that we're in a fallen world, a broken world, and it's like there's this feeling of being... Have you ever felt like you're just being like pulled to the left and to the right? And there, there's so many things going on and it's like, oh God, I, I see you over there, but I, I got so much going on, legitimate, so much going on. And there's so many things that take our attention away from him. Am I alone in that? Yeah, you know what I mean? And you know, that's really a daily struggle for me. Just feeling like, God, I, I see you there, but... Oh, I got so much stuff to do, and I got so many kids, and I've really, I'm, I'm gonna spend time with you, but oh, Netflix, that's gonna feel good. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so hard sometimes. And then, what is God asking me to do today? I don't know, because I didn't really talk to Him. Um, and I was there the other day, I've been there many times, and it's like my, my, my mind, there were so many different voices. Because when you don't take the time to be quiet before God, then all these other voices start talking to you. Your flesh, the enemy, other people, other opinions. And it gets really confusing. Do you know what I mean? Really confusing. And there was so much noise in my head. And, and, I, and, and I just, I couldn't find that time to just be, get quiet before God. And God just had to stop me right in my tracks. And he said, Crystal... <laughs> You have so much noise in your head. It's so loud in there. But all you need to hear is my voice. That's all you need. You've been listening to all these other voices. All you need to hear is my voice. That's all that matters. And when he spoke that, I stopped. And I looked out the window and I saw all my kids playing outside. And it was this gorgeous, warm day in the fall. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And it's like God slowed me down to see the beauty of everything he had given me. And, you know, because sometimes you have so many good things and you can't even enjoy it. You know what I mean? You're just running all around. And, and it was like, wow, that's amazing, God. Just looking out the window. And God had quieted me. And I got to spend some time with him. And guess what question came up again? God, how can you use me, though? How can you use me? 
And at, at this time, I wasn't really thinking about like my personality or my strengths or weaknesses. I was thinking more about like the season of life that I was in. You know, because before, oh, I used to work in the hospital. I used to get to work with people in crisis, and they were so open to God. There were so many opportunities. And then I moved here, and I used to work in the academic realm. And, oh, the students and the coworkers, there were so many opportunities. And now I'm just at home all the time. I'm just a mom. I hate that expression. But you know what I mean? Oh, God. Remember me in the past? Has anyone ever been there? Remember me in the past, the good old days? Oh, yeah, that was so good. But God, you can't use me now, not in this season. No, sorry. <laughs> and in that moment, I saw this, this picture, this vision. I don't know what you want to call it. But I knew it was from God because I saw it was like a wind, like in my front foyer, like my front door, and it was like sweeping. And I knew it represented the Holy Spirit. And it was like sweeping in and out of my house. And then the Holy Spirit, this wind, left the house, and it swept all over Potsdam. And then it came back to my house, and it brought, the Holy Spirit brought people. <laughs> and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that was God. And I knew he was saying, I'm going to have my Holy Spirit leave this house, gather all the people that are open to me, all the people that need me, all the people that need God, and I'm going to bring them back to you and Jim. I can still use you, even though you're not a nurse anymore, even though you're not a, I can still use you in this season if you are willing. If you open up your eyes and see what I'm doing, I can still use you. Guess what? You're not going to believe it. Are you still awake? <laughs> I'm not, no. Guess what? God brought someone to my door four hours later. Come on, four hours later. I couldn't believe it. I was someone that needed God four hours later. I didn't even make the connection either. I was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> then later, God was like, <clears throat> and I'm like, oh, dang it. Yeah, you did it. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. God did it that very day. And a miracle happened. It was amazing. It was amazing. And God's been doing that. You, if you ever want to get built up in your faith, you should talk to my husband. Just ask him what God is doing in his life. And you know he's been preaching like fire lately, right? That's because God is doing so much in his life. It's not him, it's God. <laughs> and um, God's been bringing all these people. Jim will be going somewhere and God will be like, no, go here instead. And then he'll meet someone that's open to God, somebody that needs God, someone that needs to be encouraged. It is so freaking amazing. He'll text me and be, he's all nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, I had a cool God moment. And he'll tell me, and I'm like, are you serious? That is so crazy. Are you kidding? Because it's so not us. It's just God. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm wrapping up. Don't worry. It's just so cool. Um, one time, I'm just going to tell you this quick story. Am I doing okay on time, Erin? Okay. Wait, was that a thumbs down? Okay, it was kind of like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, one time I was looking out my window, 
just in my house, right? God can't, can you use me because I'm in my house? Yeah, he can. I'm looking out my window and I see this older woman and I'm like, God, give me an opportunity. Yes. And God's like, okay, go ahead. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I meant in the future. <laughs> Ever pray and ask God to do something, but you have no intention of actually doing it? Ooh, oh, I guess it's me. And so I'm like, I'm like Zachariah, right? And um, I'm like, God's like, why not right now? And I was like, because I don't want to. I don't feel like it. <laughs> and God's like, but you've been praying. And remember that vision I gave you? of the Holy Spirit bringing back people, you've been praying. You can take the opportunity if you don't want to miss out. <sighs> okay, I don't really feel like it, but okay. So I walk out of my door, and this woman's there, this older woman. And I told you, I'm not like my sister. I'm very awkward. I'm not good on my feet. I'm not extroverted. I'm not an evangelist. I don't have Bible degrees, whatever. <laughs> I walk over. Hi, like the most mousiest, pathetic hi you've ever heard in your life. Hi. And she looks at me and goes, what do you want? I mean, she was pissed. And I was just like, can you say that? It's all right. Whatever. Whatever. It happened. It could be worse. Trust me, my vocabulary can be worse. And so I, I said, hi. What do you want? What do you want? And I was like, I literally just envisioned myself going, nope, never mind. Bye. God, I heard wrong. And I was just like, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to know how you were, and I just wanted to say hi. She goes, what? <laughs> and now I'm feeling like a complete idiot. And I'm like, I just wanted to see how you were doing and just say hi. <clears throat> and she's looking at me like, what? what is your deal? What do you want from me? What's the agenda? Like, why are you here, right? And I'm thinking the same thing in my mind. I'm like, God, why are we here? What are we doing? What is the plan? What is the script? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And God's like, since when are people, like, agendas? Since when are people projects? I just want you to listen. I said I would bring people that needed me. I said I would bring people that needed hope. Stop acting like this is a project. Love her like I love you. People, because people can see through it when we come to them like, I've got this agenda and this plan, you know. That's phony. People don't like that. People can see right through that. People need to experience the genuine love of God through us. That's what people need. They don't need a script. They don't need an agenda. They need Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit and going out and spreading the love of Christ and giving the same hope that they have received in their heart. That's what people need. And because people are not agendas to God, they are people that he loves, that he died for. And we need to view people the same way. And so I'm like, okay, God, what's the plan? Listen to her and stop being in your head and actually be in this moment. Oh, I never would have thought of that. So I just listened to her. And, and you know, it's a little tense. <laughs> it's a little awkward. But as the time goes on, and I'm just listening and I'm not trying to, you know, do anything crazy, she, her guard starts to come down, and we actually, she actually says, you want to sit down? Because we're outside. And so we sit down, and we, we ended up talking for maybe like two hours outside. It was crazy. It was really, really crazy. And I said, you know, and she just starts opening up about all this pain she's had in her life, S tremendous loss. 
And that's why she had that hard exterior, because she's had so much pain. And I think as Christians, we look at people and it's like, well, they're not open to God. They're mean. No, they're not. They have a beautiful heart inside of them. They've just had so much crap happen to them that they have such a hard exterior. Give them a chance. This lady has a beautiful heart inside, but she's had so much pain. And she's talking about all her loss and all her grief. And I said, well, can I pray for you right now? No, I don't want that. Okay. And then she just keeps talking and talking. And then finally I said, hey, I want you to know God loves you so much. And I could say that because he used me, he he loved her so much that he brought me out of my comfort zone to talk to her. God loves you so much and he sees you. He's forgotten about you. And she said, oh, well, I don't know if I've done enough good things to deserve God's love. I've had kind of a messy life. I, I, ooh, I don't know. And I said, but it's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus has done on the cross for you. It doesn't matter. You could never earn God's love, no matter what you have done. It's all about what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And he is willing to offer you love, forgiveness, hope, peace. And she said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And we got to exchange numbers. She hugged me. She hugged me. We got to exchange numbers. And it's become this beautiful relationship. And as I was leaving that day, she asked me the same question she asked me when she first saw me. She said, but this time it was different. It was out of just pure curiosity. She said, really, why? What do you want from me? Why did you come? Why did you come to me? And I said, honestly, I told you I'm not good on my feet. I looked out my window and I saw you and God told me to tell you that he loves you. That's honestly why I came. And she kind of looked me up and down and then she said, well, I'm glad you did. (laughs) And she laughed for the first time, that whole conversation, she laughed. God is so good. I cannot tell you, and this is the last thing I'll say. I was walking home like, oh, yeah, yes, God. You could have given me $5 million, $5 billion. It could not compare to the joy that I felt in that moment. Because even though I'm so, <laughs> I'm not adequate, I don't have what it takes, I still said yes to God. And I got to see God do something amazing, something that could never have been done without him preparing her heart and him preparing mine. Never could have happened on my own. And it's not easy to say yes to God. But I'm telling you what, you're going to miss out on what God has if you say no to him. And if you're feeling like you have no purpose, no joy, no peace, and life is just like, ugh, consider quieting yourself before God and saying yes to whatever he has for you for this day. And you just watch what God will do. Glory to God. Um, well, we're going to, do you want to just pray? And we'll, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do pray. Um, so initially we thought we'd be sharing a lot of memories about our time here up front, but the Lord redirected us, which is awesome. We want to be sensitive to that. We'll be sharing those stories actually in a send-off party, but we do want to take an opportunity to pray, and then we'll be having a special Advent reflection. Uh, do you want to start, and then I'll... Oh, okay. <laughs> the Lord has shut up this guy, right? You know what I'm saying? 
That was wonderful. Thank you. Well, let's pray. God, I just thank you that you're just so good. God, thank you that you're just sharing through Crystal that, yeah, you love us. You care for us. You died for us. It's not on our works, Lord. And God, I just thank you so much for this church body. Uh, I know there's people here, Lord, who are visiting and checking out this church for the first time today. And Lord, I just think this is a great place to plug in. Uh, God, I thank you for the leaders here. Thank you for the members. Uh, God, thank you that even though none of us are perfect, we really strive through your Holy Spirit overflow to love you and to love others. And God, I pray that all of us could increase in that, Lord. God, I pray for open hearts that we could say yes to Jesus. Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's a big thing. But God, just being sensitive to slow down, listen, and abide. Lord, I pray that you would continue to get more glory, God, through each of our lives, Lord, through this church, God, through your local churches, God, through your global church, God, that we could just praise you and celebrate you as our Lord and Savior, God who became man and died for our sins, that we might be forgiven and have full life in Jesus. Lord, I just say thank you. Yes, God, thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to bring treasure, to put treasure in jars of clay, God. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that you have asked us to be a part of, of your plan, of your way. It is such an honor, God, to be used by you, to know you, Lord. I am so thankful for each one here, God. God, I'm so thankful for this church, Lord. I'm so thankful that you brought us here to these incredible people of faith, these incredible people, Lord. And I just ask your blessing upon them, God. I ask for your joy and your peace, Lord. God, I pray that they would experience your manifest presence, God, in a, in a way like no other, yes, Lord. Jesus. Pour out your spirit on them, God. Yes. Use them, Lord. Continue, God, to use them to do incredible things for your glory, God. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. And thank you for each one of them and the love that they have given us and the love that they show others. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.